wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. On a monster roller coaster with your brain. Ah! What brains I have left. Uh, welcome to the show, my family and friends. This is Chris Voss from the Chris Voss Show. And I'm your host. At least that's what it says here on the card. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here today. Thanks for coming by. Uh, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. He's a returning guest. And uh, returning guests are always good because I'm not sure why they come back. It's like uh, <laughs> they, they, they've already been here and they're like, what the fuck was that? Anyway, guys, uh, we'll be talking with uh, the amazing uh, writer, for uh, his books and the Tom Clancy series, a Jack uh, Ryan Jr. novels that he puts out. Uh, we have we just had uh, another Jack Ryan author, or I'm sorry, Jack Ryan. Uh, yeah, Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy author uh, on two days ago. So check out that show as well. well. I think we've had him on, except for Tom Clancy himself and reasons been known to us, but maybe, uh, maybe he knows. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk to him about that. But in the meantime, as always, we need to, we need to plug the show. We need listeners. People are putting out, I mean, like, Simon Schuster cut a deal with us. They're auto-booking the show now with all their people. Uh, That's awesome. With Penguin Random House. And they are destroying what uh, brain cells I had left. But we have the great <laughs> authors on the show. They improve my brain cells. So between the madness of two to three shows a day and everything else, uh, somewhere I, I, I'll make it or my head will explode. But that's why you tune in. You're just like, when is he going to hit the wall? We want to see it the moment <laughs> he hits the wall. So uh, there's two to three shows a day, folks going out. 1,400 shows on the Chris Foss Show. 14 years. We're going to double and triple in size again this year at the pace we're going. So if you're not listening to all those shows, I want to make you feel guilty. And if you aren't, also refer the show to your family, friends, or relatives. YouTube.com for says Chris Voss. Goodreads.com for says Chris Voss. LinkedIn.com for says Chris Voss. We're trying to be cool on TikTok. Please, for love God, follow us over there. We're old and the kids don't like us. Uh, he is the amazing author of the Tom Clancy series and his own series. We'll talk about as well. Don Bentley joins us on the show today. Uh, his book, Tom Clancy. Flashpoint, a Jack Ryan Jr. novel, just barely came out, hot off the presses, May 23rd, 23. See how that works? 23, 23. <laughs> Don Bentley is the New York Times bestselling author of Forgotten War, Tom Clancy, Flashpoint, and Vince or Vince Flynn's, I almost said Vince Neal, Motley Crue, Vince <laughs> Flynn's, <laughs> it's a long day, Vince Flynn's Mitch Rapp series, and who knows, he may pick up that autobiography of uh, Motley <laughs> Uh, Don is a former FBI special agent. I had to make sure I wasn't on the 10 most wanted list this morning before he came on. Uh, he's a SWAT team member and Army Apache helicopter pilot. Welcome to the show, Don. How are you? You know, I'm doing fantastic. I figured for certain that you would be once bitten and twice shy. So the fact that I am back here again just proves that someone else canceled in this slot and you reached out to me. But I'll take it. I will there take it, Chris. There you go. Is once bitten, twice shy a poison reference? Mm, great white, my friend. Oh, great white. 
Wow. I'm, you know, I should know this. I, I was in high school during all of that. You may have to give back your 80s card right now. You may just have may, to put I, it on the table. You know, I'm uh, running a little light on the sleep, so I'm going to use that as an excuse <laughs> as an old man. I, I'm due for my uh, afternoon nap, and uh, I don't know. So there you go. So welcome back to the show. Give us your .coms wherever you want people to find you on the interweb, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest place to keep track of everything I'm working on is just my website. It is donbentleybooks.com. So just B-E-N-T-L-E-Y. You can sign up for my newsletter there. We do giveaways, talk about books, talk about stuff I'm working on. If you are a social media kind of guy or girl, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram conveniently all with the same handle, which is at Bentley Don B. So B-E-N-T-L-E-Y. And uh, and that's it. There you go. And how many books do you have so we can get a plug in? People can go just hit the order them all button on Amazon. All of them. I have all of the books on Amazon. I'm actually, uh, Flashpoint is my seventh book and uh, my third book in the Clancy series. Um, my fourth book in my series was Forgotten War that I just was on to talk to you about a couple weeks ago. And then I have my yeah. eighth book. Uh, which is called Weapons Grade that comes out in September, which is also a Clancy book. There you go. And is I forgot word. I remember that. Uh, is that a, that is now is the zero hour a different thing or is that uh, is yeah. that uh, that's the Matt Drake? Yeah, that's right. No, zero hour. That's your series. Uh, so Forgotten War is my series. Um, zero hour is the Clancy series. So zero hour uh, was book oh. two that I wrote for Clancy and Flashpoint is book three that I wrote for Clancy. All right. The uh, Annapolis uh, old man is kicking into gear. I see at the top, it says Tom from the best-selling author of uh, Zero Hour. So there you go. Uh, I just, well, well, we clarified that for everybody. So no one makes that thing too. You know, the eyes get bad. They bring us down the old age. I think that's uh, the callback joke for the show. So tell <laughs> us about uh, Tom Clancy Flashpoint. What motivated you want to write this book? Yeah, so um, it's my third book in the in the Tom Clancy series, and I wanted to write uh, something bigger for this one. And what I mean by that is usually um, the Jack Ryan Jr. books are kind of smaller in scope, where they just follow kind of the adventures of Jack Ryan Jr. And I've had uh, got a bunch of friends that are still in the military, and everybody um, who's on active duty or in the reserves is focused like a laser on the South China Sea right now. And in fact, we just had. There's a news article that came out, I think, yesterday about a Chinese fighter that almost collided again with American surveillance plane, and um, that happened in the South China Sea. And that actually forms kind of the context or, or one of the major inflection points in Flashpoint. And, and it's, so it starts in uh, Regensburg, Germany, which is a little town uh, near where I was stationed, my last assignment in Germany, a beautiful little German town. My youngest daughter was actually bought, uh, born there. Mm -hmm. And it follows um, Jack Ryan Jr., who's doing kind of a shakeout with a new surveillance team. He's surveilling a Chinese scientist mm -hmm. and uh, sees this scientist get redacted by, by what he thinks is a Chinese paramilitary team. And that eventually leads him to the other side of the world, um, to the South China Sea and something that's going on there. And what you see that's happening is the um, United States and China stumbling towards a, um, a hot war in the South China Sea and Jack Ryan Jr. trying to prevent that. So it was a lot of fun to write. Um, there are actually, this is kind of the first time when my editor um, got it. He said, you've actually written 
a Jack Ryan senior book because the scope is so big for it. So you get to see submarines in this one. You get to see airplanes. You get to see Jack Ryan Jr. And kind of I did one of the things that's fun about writing this series is putting in Easter eggs or doing callbacks to the older Clancy books. And so Mm -hmm. if you're a Clancy fan, you will love this book because of the amount of Easter eggs I was able to sneak in and kind of references to Ah, old Clancy books. So hopefully that resonates with folks. There you go. It sounds like it'll make a great movie too. It's got all the fun stuff, submarines and all those things, you know. I mean, when we we had uh, the other gentleman on the show uh, earlier, uh, we were talking about uh, the hunt for Red October. And mm-hmm. What a what a great launch off that was. Yeah. And of course, the uh, uh, who's the who's the, who did the uh, Ryan Alec series? Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, and then uh, uh, who did the Indiana Jones? Old man. Oh, right? uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, he Harrison was Jack Ford. Ryan too. Yep, Jack Ryan during the uh, what was it Clear and Present Danger and yep. Patriot Games. Patriot Games. Yep, we we're talking yep. with MP Woodward about that uh, a couple days ago. So, uh, what what uh, what made you excited to come back to the thing and and to write again for it? And and are you going to continue writing for it, the Jack Ryan yeah. series? When I, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I am now because uh, my editor had me on this schedule where every five minutes I would switch um, from one of my books to a Tom Clancy book. And so when, when I'm writing one of my books, part of it, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what's the next Clancy book going to be about? What's the next Clancy book? And so I had, a, uh, had this idea of a big conflict happening in the South China Sea, but it being a feint for something else. And so... As I was researching the South China Sea and what was happening there, there are all kinds of nations that claim that same area of the ocean. And so you have um, China that does the Philippines, Vietnam, and most of the time what they're jockeying for back and forth is fishing rights or mineral rights or something. But then I started doing more research and there's this very interesting thing. They're called metallic nodules and um, they are a combination of a bunch of rare earth metals. And so there have been some companies that have actually looked at trying to mine them undersea because they're so valuable. They're actually called like a battery in a rock because it has oh, wow. all these minerals. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But getting to them is very hard. And getting to them in the South China Sea is even harder because of all the geopolitical stuff going on there. And so I had kind of an idea of what would it look like if all of this kind of stumbling towards war was actually a faint for that, for somebody who's trying to get their hands on a Mm. newly discovered um, stash of these metallic modules. And so I knew I needed a bigger um, story to be able to tell. And so I wanted to do it from two perspectives. So one being a submarine, there's a Virginia class submarine and a, and a female um, captain of that submarine that plays a big role. And to do that, um, the current authors of the new, the, the Jack Ryan senior, um, Tom Clancy series are, are Brian Andrews and Jeff Wilson. Brian Andrews was a submarine officer for six or seven years. And so he gave me quite a bit of help with that. I also knew, um, in fact, there was there's an article that just came out, I think it was yesterday, about a Chinese um, fighter that intercepted an American plane over the South China Sea and almost tore the nose off of it. And so that actually happens in Flashpoint. And it's kind oh, of wow. a callback to an incident that happened, I think, in the early 2000s, where a U.S. P-3 Orion actually collided with a giant with a Chinese fighter that intercepted it, 
and the Chinese aircraft was destroyed and the American aircraft had to make an emergency landing on Chinese soil. And it was a huge debacle. Uh, uh, the Chinese kind of held that crew for a while and did some brink brinkmanship. But was, what was even worse is that the contents of that plane, the Chinese got their hands on. And so mm. it was a huge kind of big international uh, incident. And so I recreated that as part of uh, Flashpoint 2. And so it was really fun to do. It was really hard to do because I had to get, like I said, I got um, Brian Andrews to help with the sub. I got another friend of mine who's also a thriller writer and was a Top Gun uh, aviator and then flies for Southwest name, Jack Stewart, that helped me with the airplane parts. So it was really fun, but it was a really big undertaking too. That's crazy. Yeah, that the stuff that's going on in the South China Sea, the sable ratting over yeah. uh, Taiwan, and yep. uh, the whole lay to claim. Look, we have authors that have been on that have explained why that whole Taiwan China thing is a thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, did you get to, to study any of those? You know, the island building they're doing out there. Yeah, I mean, they just they just throw up islands and military bases. Crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. So there's a, um, one of the guys I listen to a lot on the South China Sea in China in general is, um, he's a congressman from Wisconsin. His name's Mike Gallagher, but he was a former Marine intelligence officer, has a PhD, and now he's the chairman of the select committee on China. And so mm -hmm. he has some really interesting analysis because I'm like you, I, I'm assuming I'm, I'm not a Navy person. You know, I wouldn't at first at first brush, it would not make a lot of sense to me of why is it so important that an island 6,000 you know, miles away from the U.S. coast remain independent. But when he starts breaking down the amount, first of all, the amount of traffic, naval traffic that passes through the South China Sea uh -huh. and what that would mean if China was able to control all of that. In fact, you saw them doing a little of that just a couple weeks ago where China said, we're going to start doing inspections of vessels that are passing through this area of the South China Sea. And if they had Taiwan, they would be able to control, you know, that passage of sea. But perhaps even more importantly is that the majority of semiconductors and the vast majority of the high-tech semiconductors are all manufactured on Taiwan. And so if you think there's an event that's been used over and over again by thriller novelists where you have an EMP, an electric, uh, electromagnetic pulse that shorts everything out and, you know, you call Armageddon for a while. Well, that, that would be true, but you could eventually get more chips and replace that. Imagine what would happen if the sole source of the chips that power your computer, your cell phone, your car, if China had all of that and said, no, we're not going to give them to you anymore, or we're going to alter them or we're going to do something else. And so yeah. it's really interesting when you start to look at why is Taiwan important? Why is that area of the ocean important? And then when you superimpose that with the size of our navies. And so right now, the U.S. Navy is at, I think, its lowest level ever, certainly its lowest level since World War II where the Chinese Navy has not only surpassed us, but they add the entire size of the Australian Navy to their Navy every year because they're building ships wow. so fast. Wow. And so there's another really interesting concept. You know, one of the, the admirals I, I follow that talks about this, a guy named James Stafridis, and he likes to say that qua quantity is a quality all of its own. And so what mm -hmm. that means is they recently had a war game where China invaded um, Taiwan and actually uh, Congressman Gallagher had a company come in and run that for the select committee. And within the first week of the war, we had exhausted all our precision guided weapons, all our smart munitions, 
And so now just the sheer quantity of the Chinese Navy becomes a decisive factor, right? Because you can have the best boats in the world, but if you only have 250 of them and they sink, you know, a hundred of them, you're in a pretty bad spot. And that's where we're looking at with our parity with China right now and specifically in that area of the world. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching, speaking, and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements, if you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer, and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff. Uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as a CEO, and be sure to check out Chris Voss Leadership institute.com now back to the show and this is ripped straight from the headlines i mean we recently did a thing the biden administration yep. did a thing where they blocked uh, certain chips or most all chips from from china and then uh you know i think after covid and the chip shortages and and uh, supply yeah. chain issues you know there's there's big i think there was a bill they actually signed with the biden administration to help yep. fund companies to um to build chips here and there's a big push to have them built here because they realize that you know even even the russia war with the ukraine you know one of the things we did was cut off the chips and they're having trouble replacing their tanks and building tanks and and other things they need to run their war uh you know we're finding these 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 stupid little chips or you know it's a whole new war for the chips so this is ripped right straight from the headlines yeah, absolutely. And and Ukraine plays more heavily in this um, than mm. what we would think for a couple different reasons. So the first being Ukraine shows a, a great example of what could happen in Taiwan if we don't fully arm the, the Taiwanese people in order to give them a deterrent against China, right? So we've been providing Ukraine um, with weapons since the invasion. We can argue back and forth about whether we're providing them quickly enough, but you can certainly make the case that if we had turned Ukraine into a porcupine earlier, maybe Russia would have second guessed that invasion and done it. And certainly you can make that case with Taiwan. And so that's the, the first thing. The second thing is that as we're providing these weapons to the Ukraine, things like Javelin missiles are highly technical, take a lot of the chips and stuff that you're talking about to make, but they also can take up to a year, a year and a half to produce, right? And so if you go back to quantity beating quality, we could expend all of our smart um, munition stores and then be looking at a year, a year and a half or two years wait to replenish those stores in a war if we even had access to the chips to do that. And so I think there are a lot of very dire conclusions that you can draw from Ukraine that can be readily applied to a potential conflict in the South China Sea over Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that saber rattle over that. So, yeah, pulled straight from the headlines, goes through all the things. Any more tease-outs on the book you want to throw out? It's, uh, I think, um, I, felt, I think what folks will like is that you'll get to see um, all of the Jack Ryan universe together again. And so, again, a lot of times what you do is that you see a separation between the books and it's done for a reason because there's two of us who are writing in that universe at the same time. And so 
as Mark Cameron and now the Anderson Wilson guys are working on a book, we kind of have to deconflict efforts and say, how are we going to keep our storyline state? Which characters are you going to write? And so for this one, I really had the opportunity to reach in there and show Jack Ryan Sr. to show what's happening in the White House to do all that. So I think folks who love the Clancy books are really going to love this book. There you go. There you go. How, how do you how do you keep it fresh in, in constantly coming back to the series when you write it? Yeah, I think so. I, I read a lot of news. I listen to a lot of defense related podcasts and I have kind of a research folder where I'll throw articles that just kind of ping. You know, you read something and you're like, oh, that's interesting. You might not know why yet, but there's just something about it that sparks an interest in you. And so when I sit down to write my next Clancy book or my next Matt Drake book, I'll peruse back through that folder and say, hey, what was interesting for me? What what was it that I liked? Because part of writing a book is that whether it takes you five months or, or like normal people a year, you have to have something that's interesting enough to sustain you for that period of time. And so mm-hmm. usually what that means is going back and saying, hey, what are the things that really caught my attention or or when you read that article, it set the light bulb off. And so I kind of keep a little a little backdated um, list of those topics and stuff that I'll go through. And and also, I think you, you also pay attention to what's happening in the world, right? Like, what are people, yeah, as a thriller writer, um, especially in this genre, you don't want to try and beat headlines because you'll... You'll, you know, the headlines will always win or things will go a different direction. But I think you certainly want to look at the world and see what are people concerned about right now? You know, what are in and certainly in this example, the South China Sea, there's a reason why we now have a select committee on China. Right. Because mm-hmm. the American um, population, especially since covid has kind of woken up to the threat of what the Chinese Communist Party represents. And so as a writer, what you always want to do is tap into what is your audience thinking about? What are they, what's keeping them up at night? What are they consuming? What are, and so you, again, you don't want to mirror current events or anything, but, but you also want to know what your customers care about. And, and perhaps you want to structure your books around um, that as well. And plus, uh, you know, uh, real, real events or real kind of scenarios kind of yeah. help, help yep. build into the story and make it real. Um, have you, are, are you going to write maybe in the future about the, uh, the, uh, India, uh, the India Pakistan war? Oh, wait, my card says here that's next year. Never mind. <laughs> right, oh, and now it's blown. Everybody knows what the next year book is. Is this live? Like. Damn it. Ah, Damn it. Ah. I wasn't supposed to let that secret out, but uh, it's my crystal ball, evidently, or something. I don't know what the fuck. You never know anymore with the way the world's been going since you know the start of COVID. You're just yeah. like, what the hell is next? I mean, for a while there it was kind of like every day there was like a new bottom. You know, there was like yeah. uh, there was elephants mating with the giraffes and stuff. And it was really just getting out of control there, but it seems to calm down. That's an OnlyFans channel, by the way. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Don, uh, what's what's the future hold for you? Are you do you go back to your book series, the mate uh, with the Matt Drake novels? Yeah. So, um, like I said, in September, the fourth book, uh, my fourth book in the Tom Clancy series comes out, Weapons Grade, and. Um, I'm finishing up edits for that now, and I'm also starting work on my first Vince Flynn Mitch Rat book. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that will be kind of consuming me for the foreseeable future. Um, that My first entry in the Vince Flynn Mitch Rap series will come out in September 2024. 
Um, what I plan on doing is, is probably in December or something is coming back and saying, okay, now I've got a period of time uh, where I'll hopefully have the Mitch Rat book where I want it to be to then say, uh, do I want to go back and look at another uh, Matt Drake book? Do I want to look at a standalone? Do I want to potentially look at another Tom Clancy book? And so I'm, I'm very lucky from the standpoint that I've got uh, more potential fires in the iron or irons in the fire, maybe fires in the iron, who can tell? Um, than I can work on right now. And so right now, I know uh, it's Mitch Rapp next. Um, after that, I'm not sure. There you go. Well, it'll be exciting to see whatever you put forth and and keeping us on the edge of our seats and uh, the tension, the thrillers. Uh, any chance at any stuff you've worked on so far uh, hitting Hollywood? Going into the Holly- There's a big Hollywood strike right now. So, but, you know, after that. Strangely enough, they haven't called. They have not said, Darn hey, while, while everybody's on strike, why don't you come on in? No, I think you and I talked about this before. One of my friends, uh, Taylor Moore, got his first book, and it's a fantastic book. It's called Downrange uh, Optioned. And when he got it optioned, which means that you know a production company or a producer, somebody has said, hey, I'm going to pay you this amount of money so that I can reserve this book to potentially make a movie out of it. And it's for a period of time. They option it for whatever it is, a year and a half or, or two years or something. He told me his film agent sat him down because he was very, very excited. And he thought, you know, he was gonna, he could already see himself going to the film premiere. And his film agent said, listen, this is good. This is good. But what you have to understand is you have a, a greater shot of going to Mars than you do seeing this book become a movie. So that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for the Mars shot. <laughs> There you go. You know, it's it, and the, there's a lot of that goes on. They, I mean, when they option a book, you know, they they're technically locking down it from you know keeping anybody else from getting a hold of it. Yeah. We we're talking with, a little bit about that with MP Woodward that we need to get a return of Hunt for Red October movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I ever since you know I quit going to movies years ago, and it, it's in and over COVID, I really miss them. I was able to go yeah. see The Godfather 50th anniversary. I went and uh, recently saw. Cool. The, the big Lebowski 20th remake. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate seeing stuff in the big screen again, like yep. never before. And I find myself constantly searching for good movies to go to. Yeah. And a lot of these movies, they're, you know, they're great for women. You know, there's a lot of emotional relationship movies and stuff, and that's fine. But I, I we need some like Hunt for Red October, Jack Ryan you know, guys doing shit, you know, uh, the James yeah. Bond movie. I mean, everyone is jonesing over that because they put it off over because of COVID. Yeah. And then they finally come out and then they kill. Well, I probably shouldn't ruin this for people, but I think <laughs> most people know. We talked about on the Woodward show, too. You know, they, they, they kill a the guy off and you're like, well, that sucks. And uh, so, you know, we need some more Jack Ryan movies. eh? I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I think I think people were hoping that the success of Top Gun Maverick might um, blow that back open again. Because yeah. what I've what I've heard from the people who work in the business is that Marvel changed everything. And so you know when you can make you know a billion dollars or whatever crazy it is off of superhero movers and special effects, it's hard. There's not a whole lot of oxygen left for anybody else to compete in that. But it's wow. it's interesting when you see that now, though, the last couple of uh, Marvel um, spinoff movies and stuff haven't performed as well as the original ones. And so, you know, some of the gossip is, you know, is that pendulum swinging back a little bit? Are people going to be 
asking again, because it was, you know, I was talking to a guy who had done it for most of his career and he was kind of cynical about it. And he's like, what those are, are vehicles to sell merchandise, right? So, <laughs> so you can have, and it is, and that's what he was saying about that's some of these, right. like, you know, with that Star Wars movie, every character you see gets to be, you know, an action figure or something like that. And yeah. so he, and he wasn't saying it specifically about the Star Wars, but you can see his point that, yeah, I mean, it's not, you reference the Godfather versus, um, and I'm an Avengers fan, you know, I, th- I love yeah. the, I, I love uh, Robert Downey Jr. I thought Iron Man was fantastic, but it does after a while, it's, it's, I think you start to get to the fact where you're like, okay, I, I've seen enough CG stuff. I've seen the world blow up five times already. What else you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, the CGI is 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 the kind of thing that buggers me up as, as an old man. What when I was younger, I probably would have liked more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I still have my Michael Corleone uh, uh, action figure doll, and my uh, who's the head of Hunt for Red October? How come I remember that right now? The Bond, the James Bond, oh, Sean Connery. I still have my Sean, Sean Connery, Connery doll action figure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, come on, man. But, you know, when you really look at, like, uh, the Jack Ryan series with, uh, with uh, oh, the, the man. John Krasinski. Uh, who's the who's the guy who, the Han Solo guy who played all the time? Oh, uh, I'm not pulling Harrison any Ford. Room. Harrison Ford. Chris needs a nap. Um, it's the callback joke. Um, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, he's running all over the place. He's doing action things, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Bond series. But, you know, the Hunt for October wasn't really like an action run around yeah. series. There might have been a couple yeah. of those, but it was just so damn well done. And it was such yeah. a great plot, great writing. Yeah. I mean, the the lines from that show are, are epic memes in yeah. t- in, in, that still resonate. God, what is it? This one like, thing. 30 years? Yeah. Mother of God. <laughs> you know, uh, James Earl yeah. Jones bits and, and uh, stuff. You know, we need more of that, eh? So let's, yeah. uh, let's. Let's get the writers off strike and get those boys writing some <laughs> and girls. So there you go. Well, uh, Don, it's been fun always to have you on. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much for having me again. There you go. And we'll look forward to your future works. I mean, I think at this point, you just come back every couple months, just schedule it in and do it all for your new books. Works for me. <laughs> works for me. Uh, give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's donbentleybooks.com, so B-E-N-T-L-E-Y, or if you're a social media person, it's at Bentley Don B on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. There you go. I buy a, I buy a Hunt for an October submarine, and, you know, whatever. I would, too, <laughs> uh, and the action figures that go with it, absolutely. I would have liked to have seen Montana. <laughs> all right well uh thanks everyone for tuning in thanks for don for being here Th- uh go to goodreads.com for chess chris foss uh go to youtube uh and linkedin order the book where fine books are sold may 23rd 2023 it came out tom clancy flashpoint a jack ryan jr novel is available now wherever fine books are sold thanks for tuning in be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time there you go